0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host James Lampian, and my guest today is mechanical engineer Mr. Richard Meadow. Thank you for joining
1: me. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Little before we do anything with the interview, man, let me apologize cuz I'm going to tell the story how we introduced. I saw you on um, <laughs> I saw you on, uh, hilarious Omar. It's a guy we both follow on um, Instagram and I saw you on his post. Y'all had a great uh dialogue going. And I remember seeing your name or IG Rich the Engineer. You <laughs> know uh, me just like unfortunately too many of us do. We I, I went to music instead it's, it's all, of it's,
1: all, it's always like that, man. Um uh it, it's nothing new to me. That's the first thing that usually pops into somebody's head when they they see my my IG handle. Um, which is just a stigma that I'm trying to separate myself from right now, just to like show a broader span of so many different careers out there, you know? Right,
0: right. Definitely. So that that was, a, and you actually had it, you and him had a great interaction. That was why I reached out to you and I'm, I'm, and let me say, thank you for agreeing to do this. I mean, we, we didn't even meet each other. We, this is the first real conversation we had. So thank you for even doing this.
1: Of course, always. Whenever I see something positive like this, I feel like it should definitely get a lot more attention, especially within our society. Um, We need more of this, actually.
0: Definitely. So what age did you realize you wanted to be an engineer?
1: So um, growing up, um, you know, coming from out of Brooklyn, New York, you know, everyone wanted to be the basketball player, you know. Um, You know, New York is the mecca, mecca of basketball. Um, and that was something that was like always around me. Um, but I always took a, a liking to, to math and science, um, even coming through middle school all the way up to high school. Um, I attended Winthrop Intermediate um, Science School, that's IS-232, that was in Brooklyn, New York. Um, after I graduated, um, I went straight to Abraham Lincoln, which was another powerhouse for basketball so I was surrounded by sports coming up, which was funny because I always gravitated towards the science and, and, and STEM programs. So I would say around the age of 16, uh, 15, 16, I, I really started seeing myself gravitating to the STEM-based STEM um, careers. And that's when I really knew I wanted to, to do something along that line. And I saw myself going straight towards engineering. Mm-hmm. Around that age.
0: Now, growing up, what role did your parents play in your education?
1: Um, so originally, uh, I was born in Jamaica, so I didn't get to America until I was about ten. So I lived with my dad until I was the age of ten. My mom was was here. Um, she was providing for us. Um, working, she worked nonstop as a homemade and she would send money back home for my education and my schooling. Um. Upon getting to the fifth grade, my parents made a conscious decision that they wanted to send me up here for a better opportunity in terms of the education program. And they were always supportive of whatever I was doing. So when I got to America, um, New York, they were full fledged supportive with anything I needed um, from schooling, uniforms, books, um, transportation to get to school, um, fees, school trips, whatever I needed. Um, to succeed, um, they played a, a huge role in that. My mom, especially, um, she she made sure I didn't go without anything.
0: So let let's let's back up because I want to make sure I'm I'm hearing it correctly. Your parents actually sent you from Jamaica to the states
1: for education? reasons. They did. They wow. did. Wow. They well, did. So who'd you who'd you stay with? So I was living in Jamaica with my father. Uh huh. So I was I was with him until the age of ten. So my mom was already in the States. Okay. She came okay. up here when I yeah, she came up here when I was still still a toddler. Um, she was working in the States. She was sending money back home to provide for my my school and my uniform, fees, everything while I was still in Jamaica. Um wow. at the age of 10, that's when um they made the conscious decision, both of them, for me to come to the States to live with my mom.
0: Man, how how was that for you? Because I, I wasn't wow, how was that for you? Because that's a huge transition that lead not only oh, leave the father and then come to a whole different country.
1: I, I was I was scared. I'll I'll be I'll be completely upfront. I was scared. I didn't know what I was coming to, but you know, I always heard stories uh when people used to come visit the states about how it was like money everywhere, you know. Uh <laughs> they were they used to come back and, and tell us stories. Oh, there's all the lights, you know. Streets are gold, man, and everything. They used to just tell tell those stories. So, like in a sense, I was scared, but at also I also had the feeling of like wonder and opportunity. Like I, I was I was excited to see, to confirm these stories to myself. Um, I I still remember flying in. And I flew into JFK, and it was the night. And I remember seeing all the lights when I was looking out the plane window and I was like, wow, man, um, this is different. I I'm not used to all these lights before. because um, I, I came from a, a small community in Jamaica, which was we probably had about two street lights max, like <laughs> hmm. two street lights. So when I was seeing all the lights, um, looking out the plane window, I was like, oh man, this is this is this is on rail right here. Um and I, I still never forget when my mom took me home, and I got to the apartment, and I saw a bathroom. That was my first time seeing a, a working bathroom, like a, a actual working bathroom with <laughs> hot water, hot water, and a toilet. Um, uh, when I lived with with my dad in Jamaica, we had like a makeshift bathroom. Um, it was like a pan, and we would have to actually throw it out ourselves, you know. And that was just something that like completely blew my mind. Like I had my own room for the first time and I had (laughs) running hot water and I had a toilet. So that alone, I didn't even care about the, (laughs) I didn't even care about if the streets are gold or not. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even care about that after
0: that, man. Uh, You know what? It's just like, Man, you know, just talking to somebody like yourself, the experiences people go through in life—like, man, like, just so many things we take for granted. Because I've never oh, been absolutely, to this blessed like that. crazy, man. And like, even when you take when you take place, like, you take the areas that we consider like the really lower income. I mean, no matter how low income, right?
1: Even even down to the Section Eight, you know, like yeah. down to Section
0: Eight.
1: Problems. Oh man, compared compared to some places, that's lavish. Yeah, that's lavish. That's lavish, man. It,
0: it, I, that's I, lavish. I think people really need to leave this country sometimes to get a perspective.
1: Oh, in life. Whew. you you go to some other places, man. You you you'll see how good you really do have it. You know.
0: Yeah. Now you actually attended Penn State University, one of the most prestigious universities in the country. What was your experience like going there?
1: Um. So I I had. I had good and bad experiences there, so I'll start off. i start off with the initial freshman year. So I was excited to go away to college. Um, I knew for a fact that I wanted to, for one, I wanted to to get out of New York um, because I really wanted to see what else other states had to offer, and I knew that leaving New York would give me this approach because I knew for my career itself, like it didn't determine that I was gonna necessarily be based out of New York. So I wanted that experience. So upon arriving at Penn State, man, what, first of all, I'll say school is beautiful. Beautiful school, um, very large. You have scenery for days. Um, Top notch education program, especially the engineering program. Uh, they don't They don't penny pinch when it comes to providing you with resources from labs. Um, to the professors. But for one, I will say it was something that shocked me because when I got there, I didn't really know what a PWI was at the time, um, which was a predominantly white institute. So when I got there uh, and I I kept seeing so many, such a small African-American community, it, it it was a, a initial shock for me at first i'll i'll definitely say that my 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 classroom environment was the pretty much the same i was possibly two african americans in my class out of about 60 Man. about about 60 yeah uh, that that's the that's the ratio i was working with how did you, was, make that
0: you was, feel like this and that
1: um I would say that that made me feel like I was I was I was always I was always different. Uh I'll put it like that. It, it made it definitely highlighted the fact that I was different and the fact that something needs to change about this.
0: Did it did it make you feel like you needed to do even more than what your other classmates were doing?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I felt like I, I always had something to prove, um, whether it be assignment based, um, whether it be internship based. It, it was something that that followed me constantly uh, throughout my, my collegiate years. Um, something I, 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 it was almost a, like a chip on my shoulder, to say the least. Wow.
0: Now, you are, you know, we all know, you know, going into an engineering program, there's going to be a lot of math, a lot of other studies, but what were some of the biggest challenges you faced becoming an engineer?
1: Okay. So one thing uh, I would say that I definitely faced was the fact that engineering, engineering, it's when you're coming out of school or even when you're still within the school structure, you are basically a credit based on how many internships and the credibility of the internships that you do. So one one of the main challenges I would say that I faced was the fact of acquiring an internship. That was something that I felt like, when even when I went to these um, conferences, um, the recruiters would always tend to kind of look down on the African-Americans When when it came to accomplishments, or they felt like, oh, you weren't good enough, and that's something I constantly had to prove to myself that I I was good enough, and I I constantly tried to prove that whenever I went into an interview or had an interaction with a recruiter, because they would feel that oh, I was sponging, I didn't deserve to be where I was, and that's something that. I wore on my sleeves um, constantly, wherever I went. Another thing I faced um, was the fact that when you're in an engineering program, you have a lot of team exercises. And when you're clicked up in in a team base like that, you have to have various inputs on how to go about implementing a particular plan whether it be a civil engineer plan or a mechanical engineer plan to solve a problem. And my team members are, I know another, another fellow African-American engineer that I had, they wouldn't, they wouldn't take our, our input serious, or they would try to put it to the side, push it to the side. And that's something that we constantly have to fight through to stand on what we said, because half the time they think that we don't know what we're talking about.
0: How did you, man? Uh, did, did, did all this stuff? I'm, I'm sure it had to be discouraging.
1: Um, and none the least, but it's just perseverance, my brother. It's perseverance, and I knew I belonged. And that's something. Uh, when I was growing up, I always had pride. My dad always told me to keep my 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 head up, like no matter what. Um, and uh, before I went off to school. I remember sitting down and having a conversation with my family and they told me that it wasn't going to be easy. So it's something that was instilled in me. So I knew that it wasn't going to be an easy road.
0: Yeah. But man, just, you know, just deal it. Just deal, I mean, it's one thing for somebody to tell you, but, I'm, but just oh, being in that room. when you,
1: Yeah. When you experience it is, it definitely hits you a lot different. Uh, without a doubt. It definitely hits you a lot different.
0: What were some of the things you did to keep yourself going? Because I know you had perseverance, but but was it like some certain techniques? Did you like pray more, talk more? What, what helped you get so
1: through? so? Some of my my, my definite coping and coping mechanisms was the fact that I would constantly call my sister back home. Um, I would talk to my parents on the phone, and one thing that I will definitely always give be thankful for was the National Society of Black Engineers which was an organization that actually came to Penn State and that organization was a safe haven for me because it it brought me around other black engineers and other minority group of engineers and that really helped to keep my morals really high like Like, this is, this is something I I can do. Like, they would bring in professional, they would have professional panels where they would bring in African-American engineers that were already in the, um, the work, the working world. And just talking to people like that really did a a lot for me. Like, it showed me that this goal can be attained. Like, it wasn't as far-fetched as I was thinking. Yeah.
0: Now, what are some, what are some things you mentioned, like the National Society of Black Engineers? Uh, what are some things that you feel we can do within our community to promote STEM, the STEM program?
1: Oh, so this is something um, I'm actually working on right now as well. Um, I have a foundation, which is called Richard Middle Foundation. It's going to be providing STEM scholarships to minority, minority high schools. Um, you can, if you're a senior, you can apply for it. I actually just applied for my LLC um, so it is being approved as we speak right now, and it's actually going to be funding funding for high school seniors to apply if you're going into a STEM program, um, whatever math, technology, science-based program you're going into. And I feel like these are some programs that we need to implement at a at even an earlier stage, maybe as as elementary school, maybe. Um, get get our get get our kids into these get our youth into these programs early make them make them know that there's more out there than just constant sports like sports is good and everything but these are these are actual careers that I feel like minorities need to be a part of like we need to be more heavily based in these these job, these job markets, man. Like, cause honestly, I'm looking in the workplace and I can't, I can't pick out three other people that look like me. I can't pick out three other people that look like me.
0: Mm. Wow. That's gotta be, that's gotta be tough though. Every, like, just being in that, being in that environment where it's just so many people look different from you.
1: Oh man. It's, it's something that is constantly on my mind. It's constantly on my mind. And like I just feel like we need to we need we need that needs to change. That's something that we need to try to bring a change to.
0: Definitely. Now you you know you you still a young man. You only twenty-three, right? Yes. Now what uh, what you've accomplished a a huge goal and congratulations of just becoming an engineer, actually starting that profession. What are some other major goals you're looking to accomplish in the near future?
1: Um so in the near future um I would say uh I'm working towards being um obtaining financial freedom. Um cuz I I do believe in having I what's one thing that's big on me like big in my mind is life, right? Okay. And and time. So In order for me to achieve my goals of opening youth groups, um, funding these youth groups, funding my foundation, I'm going to need residual income. So I'm looking to branch off into whether it be real estate, um, using my means as an engineer right now to fund these goals. Um, And that's something that I, I know in the long run will come back to be a positive thing because I know. Once I get on my feet of attaining financial freedom, I will have a lot more time to dedicate to these side projects that I really would like to have. Like, there's a there's a man in New York by the name of Gene Rainier. and he was actually one of the first people that mentored me growing up. Um, he had his <clears throat> Obama organization where he would bring out. About around thirty at, at troubled um, teens and middle schoolers um, to this this organization, and he would pay for them to go visit colleges, pay for them to get introduced to sports that typically um, young black men wouldn't be interested in fencing archery um, He even took us canoeing which I felt was just such a breath of fresh air and he's one of the the role models that I really look up to and I feel like when I get established that's something I want to do so I can show young black men that are coming up that there's so much more to life you don't have to always go to street the street gang route you don't you don't have to go think that because you didn't become a basketball player then everything is over at that point because you can't. There's other ways of putting food on the table. Yeah,
0: how important was that mentorship?
1: Oh, that was that. That was something that I I really needed. That I I really needed that father figure at that point because my dad was still in Jamaica. I would call him, but he wasn't there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, this man stepped up and provided that father figure role that I I really needed at that time and uh, I thank him every day now like literally um I could I could pick up the phone and call him and he's doing something uh that is gonna be enriching the youth back home and that's just something that I really really thank him for it was a couple people like that actually because not only did he do that there's another man by the name of Brian Cunningham. He's actually running for city council in New York right now as well, too. He was um, someone I met while I was going to church. See, my mom took me to Lenox Road Baptist Church <laughs> in Brooklyn.
0: Okay.
1: And, and while I was there, um, I used to go play basketball at the church um, every Tuesday and Wednesday nights. and. He was another one that provided a lot of stability and someone I could talk to um, whenever I felt down or felt like I was losing hope in school. Um, He was someone that was like a positive role model for me. Um, And I always thank him for that too. So I I definitely feel like if if I can get to a point where I can establish these programs and I don't want to only limit it to New York. I want to open up these programs in in as many states as I can. Wow. And that's something I, I feel that would go a long way. Man, you know what?
0: I'm gonna tell you something. I didn't. I got way more than I bargained for when I reached oh, out. Oh man. You, I I could. I'm truly thankful, man, that you was open to do this. Like again, we didn't of know each other. Um, just, just me saying, you know what, let me just reach out to the brother, just see, you know, and and I'm, and God makes things happen, man. And I'm so
1: always, always. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you did reach out to me too, because I would have never known about this platform that you had. And I, I feel like this is such a, uh, uh, empowering thing, man. And I I want you to keep going. I want you to touch as many people as you can, as many people as you can, because we need this. We do. And thank, man, look, you you've truly inspired me,
0: man. 23, doing your thing. Brother, look, I'm proud of you. I look, I don't need to know you 100 years. I'm proud of what you're doing, what you represent, man. I, I truly salute you and what you're doing, brother. It's it's an honor to talk with a brother, such a young brother doing something so early. You know, set yourself up to be successful for the
1: long haul, brother. I truly admire what you're doing. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Keep doing everything you're doing. You're a very, very, very good role model going ahead. I don't even need to know you a hundred years, as you said. All right. And I know you're doing something positive in this society for us. Thank you. Uh,
0: before, before we go, let's make sure we put the information. Cause you mentioned you got a foundation. Uh, yes. Give the people the information and maybe we can get you some more donors or whatever we can oh,
1: do. That. Oh, definitely. Um, so that is Richard Middle foundation. Um, you can follow me at Rich the Engineer on inter- on IG on Instagram. Um, I'll definitely send you the link if you need the link to be there. You can always reach out to me if you're interested in even getting some internships. Um, I know some people might have some some kids in some kids or you might be a kid in college right now looking for an internship, engineering internship, reach out to me. Um, I could definitely make that happen. Okay. Um, again, I want to, again,
0: I want to thank Mr. Middle. It's truly been an honor talking with this young brother. I want to thank those, um, who listen. I want to thank my sponsors. First, first jet fly and chain chain entertainment. Again, thank you all for taking the time to listen and thank you, Mr. Middle for giving me your time. And I hope everyone has a great
1: day. Thank you again. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. All right.